0: All right. Well, uh, we are going to continue on in our Advent series. We're in week two of it. And as you can see, our uh, Luke text today is Luke 2, 8 through 20. And with a sermon title of Finding Peace in Our Struggles. Last week, we talked about how Jesus brings us hope. This week, we're going to talk about how Jesus brings us peace. And when I was thinking about this, I remembered a story uh, about how they celebrate Christmas Eve in Finland. I actually served with a, a, a pastor who was 100% Finnish in my a previous church, and he kind of pointed me to this. But Finland has this great tradition. It happens every year, and in fact, it's happened almost every year since the 1300s. I mean so it's it's kind of a thing that they've been doing for 700 years and it's called the declaration of Christmas peace. And at noon each year on Christmas Eve Christmas peace is declared in the city of Turku and the proclamation is read by a city official out loud there's this historic mansion in the downtown old square and they get up in the balcony and they read the Christmas peace. Since the 1300s, and, and it's on radio and television, and of course it's 2021. If you want to live stream it, if you're really nerdy like me, you can certainly do that. But the declaration serves as a reminder and encouragement to spend the holiday in harmony. I, lo- I love this part. The Finns take it pretty seriously. They threaten offenders with harsh punishment. I mean, eh. and to wish everyone a Merry Christmas. So this declaration, it is read out loud and it reminds people that, that peace has begun. And it advised people to, to spend a, a period of harmony, to seek reconciliation of relationships in one another, and to wish all a Merry Christmas. Now, the wording is kind of strong. you got to remember it's 700 years old. They were a little bit more serious about some of these things. But listen to what the Finns have to say about Christmas peace. Quote, this is what it says. Tomorrow... God willing, is the graceful celebration of the birth of our Lord and Savior, and thus is declared a peaceful Christmas time to all. By advising devotion and to behave otherwise quietly and peacefully, Because he who breaks his peace and violates the peace of Christmas by any illegal or improper behavior shall under aggravating circumstances be guilty and punished according to what the law and statutes prescribe for each and every offense separately. Finally, a joyous Christmas feast is wished to all the inhabitants of the city. You don't mess with the Finns when it comes to Christmas peace. They'll throw you in jail, I guess, apparently. They'll deal with you harshly. And they're not serious now, right? Things have changed in 700 years, but it is a reminder. It is a great reminder of Christmas. It's a reminder of Christ coming into the world. And one of the main reasons he came into the world is he brings us peace. If you've been journeying with us this this past week through our series in Advent, as we move towards Christmas, you've known we've been talking about what Advent means. It means coming or arrival. And the season is marked by anticipation, expectation, waiting, longing. And Advent is just not simply an extension of Christmas. It's a season that, that links the past with our present reality and also points us to the future. And Advent offers us the opportunity to share in the ancient longing of of the Messiah to celebrate his birth, the reality that happened over 2,000 years ago, but also keep an eye out on his second coming. Advent looks back in celebration at the hope fulfilled in Jesus' coming and at the same time looking forward with hopeful and eager anticipation to the coming of Christ and the full renewal of his kingdom for his people. And during Advent, we wait for both. It's an active, assured, and hopeful waiting. Each week, we're going to be focusing on a different attribute of God represented in the coming of Jesus. We've talked about hope. We have peace this Sunday. Then we'll be looking at joy and love. Each of these traits leads us into rediscover what I think Christmas is all about. And I'm glad you are here with us this morning as we rediscover peace. So as we look at different characteristics of the, of, uh, the characters in the Bible and, and how God's kind of displayed through that, we're going to see that the shepherds, we're going to look at that story today, and peace restored. When we think about peace embodied in the Christmas story, we can't help but think about the shepherds. These unlikely recipients of God's peace. So let's read the account of Luke together. And before we get into this, we need to pause for a second. This is some of the most beautiful, poetic language in all of Scripture. And I think it's especially true. Did anyone grow up watching a Charlie Brown Christmas story? Most of you. So most of you are on the right track. This is what Linus read to Charlie Brown and said to Charlie Brown, Charlie Brown, this is what Christmas is all about. It's, it's one of the greatest moments in TV history. And before it was on TV, it was a real event that happened. So let's turn together in our Bibles to Luke chapter 2 verses eight. If that's your Pew Bible, that's going to be page 10:27. So Luke 2, chapter 8, Pew Bible is page 10:27. And let's read and follow along together. There's something powerful about us opening the Word of God together as a church. Okay. So this is the account of Luke uh, of, of Jesus, the birth narrative. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was an, a multitude of angels of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on, peace, and on earth peace among those whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven... The shepherds said to one another, Let's go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known that everything that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. Amazing. Amazing. Those few paragraphs, there is so much packed in there. To, to begin, this is like God's birth announcement. You know, we, we, we do the birth announcements when we have children and you, you get the announcement in the mail or, or whatever online. And, and that's great. But this, this is like big time. Okay. Okay. This is the announcement of the long awaited Savior in an unexpected way. And and I have a picture just to kind of pique our imagination, okay? So this is kind of what you got going on. You got your shepherds, you got uh, the angels showing up. So suddenly, in the middle of a dark night, you have the most ordinary people in the most ordinary place, small town Bethlehem in the countryside, and an angel appears in the sky and then is joined by a sky full of angels. The New Living Translation says the armies of the heaven, and I kind of like that. So you have the armies of the heaven show up. Now, it is hard to imagine, and my brain doesn't wrap, it's my, I can't wrap my mind around this. Just imagine you're out, you know, harvesting corn, and all of a sudden, as far as the eyes can see, are Angels. How how do you even grasp that? That the terrifying, glorious sight of these array of angels, and they're not quiet, they don't just show up, they start making sound. They all together begin praising God, singing and declaring His glory and peace on earth. I would imagine if the angels showed up and they hadn't started singing yet, I'm like... Is this the end of the world? And then they start singing a piece, and I'm like, whew, okay, we dodged one there. What language or languages? Were they using multiple languages? Were they singing, speaking? What kind of melody? What harmony? Every time I read this text, I really want to be these guys. I want to go back and see this. How loud it must have been. Could anyone else hear it, or was it they were just a special audience? And, of course, who do the angels show up for? Is it the the emperor, the royalty, the religious leaders, the business leaders, the rich, the powerful, the VIPs, the movers and the the shakers in the world? No. They show up to the shepherds. The completely ordinary, average Joe, night shift working, animal tenders, laborers. Unlikely recipients of this message of the Messiah coming, of peace, of wholeness, of God's favor. And it's yet another scene as we, the gospel unfolds of God perfectly flipping the script and what we humans would expect and plan to do to save the world. God doesn't completely different. But the whole experience should certainly ask us, uh, leave us asking, why shepherds? Why does God show up to the shepherds? These are the most average people you can find. And I think there's a reason here, which is what we're going to kind of get into. There's a lot of biblical ties into shepherds. First of all, the shepherds, they remind us of the patriarchs of Israel. They were shepherds. They were nomadic animal tenders, roaming ranchers of the ancient world. Abraham, the original recipient of God's covenant, was a shepherd essentially, God promised to bless all the nations through him, and that promise carried down to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, all shepherds, beyond to David, Israel's king. Can you you guys guess what David's job was before he was a king? He was a shepherd, right? But shepherds were the average men, the everyman. They were nothing special. They had no entitlement, no power, no authority, no arrogance, no pride, no religious boasting they fit right into this process of introducing God's Messiah, born to a humble carpenter and a peasant girl. Born, and we see up here, in a stable, a lowly birth surrounded by animals, the rough and rugged shepherds out in the field on the edge of more refined civilization. These were the have-nots. And examples of God raising up and using the humble and turning the world as we know it on its head. Those considered in society to be most holy, most important, they weren't even given a glimpse of Jesus' birth. They weren't even allowed to kneel in front of Jesus on the holy ground in which the Messiah was born. I think these shepherds, they also signify Jesus' future ministry and teaching. Now, sheep might be lowly animals. If you've ever been around sheep, they're not that smart, and they kind of stink. But in Jewish culture, they were special. The Passover lamb, a perfect spotless lamb, was a sacrifice in ancient Judaism made on the most holy and important holiday. And it was blood atonement that was paid for the sins of the people. It was a cost that had to be paid so they can have relationship with God. And each time it was done... This sacrifice was a reminder of God's original Passover and how God saved his people out of Egypt, and he's continuing to save them now. And Jesus comes into this world, the announcements made to shepherds and pointing us to the ultimate Lamb of God. Jesus came and he fulfilled his identity as the Lamb of God. He takes away the sin of the world. He makes peace between God and man. He is the ultimate sacrifice for our sins. He did away with death by His blood shed on the cross. His resurrection made it possible to be fully restored and have relationship with God. Jesus brings peace, this announcement of peace, glory to God in the highest, and peace among those whom He is pleased is the gospel. Who is God pleased with? Those who have faith in, in Jesus, the Lamb of God, who's, who's paid the penalty for sin. Sin, Jesus g- gives us the opportunity and experience to experience true, real peace. With, what in Hebrew is called shalom, which, is, which encapsulates this completeness and wholeness in relationship with God because He is the ultimate Lamb of God. And I think it's for these reasons That God sends His angelic messengers to make His birth announcement to shepherds. And it certainly reminds us that God's favor, His peace, is not based on human standards. His favor is to all of those who humbly acknowledge their sin and brokenness through repentance and accept that free gift of peace that Jesus brings into the world. Peace is not based on class. It's not based on position. It's not based on occupation. But it is based on God's purpose, power, and design to bring good news that will cause great joy to all people through faith. And I think the shepherds lead us into several insights here when we're going to talk about God's peace that he brings us. There's an intersection between that peace in our lives. There's a lot to peace when the Bible talks about peace. And we're just going to cover a few of them. When scripture talks about peace that Jesus brings, he brings peace and it comes in, to us in the midst of our storms. In the midst of our storms. Anyone experience any storms in their life lately? When I think of storms, I think of hurricanes. Has anyone here been in a hurricane? Okay, we're all, most of us are Midwest people. I'm from the Midwest. I've never been in a hurricane. You guys were in a land hurricane, most of you. So that's, I didn't know was a thing, but it is a thing, I guess. I've been fascinated by hurricanes for as long as I can live. I remember watching Hurricane Andrew on the news, and it had my name, and I thought that was kind of cool. But I've always been fascinated by hurricanes. and, And one thing that fascinated me was the eye of the hurricane. I remember watching on TV a news reporter standing in the eye of the hurricane, and it was completely calm. You could even see the sun. You've seen it on the radar map, right? you got that circling storm. you got the eye in the middle. But there is truly a stillness in the middle of the storm, in the middle of the melee, where the winds calm and the rain ceases, and it pauses. It's temporary, it doesn't last, and then those winds start howling again from the opposite direction. It's kind of like you watch those movies and everything slows down into a pinprick moment of time and the chaos and catastrophe and a char- the main character has a brief millisecond of, 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 of clarity and pause. Let me ask you, how is your Christmas going this season? How does your Christmas season typically go? I think if we're honest, most of us use words like hectic, chaotic, crazy, frantic to describe this time of year. And I think if we're honest, that really describes most of our year. Maybe you are experiencing the opposite of peace this Christmas season because of an overloaded schedule and it's robbing you of your peace. Maybe it's something else. Maybe it's relational conflict that's robbing you of peace this morning. Maybe it's pressure at work. You lost a job or your family member lost a job. You're experiencing an illness or a loved one is experiencing an illness and you've lost that peace. You name it. There are plenty of options to choose from. For many of us, peace sounds like something a long way off. Sounds like a good idea, a good concept, a nice thought for the holidays. Something we may be long for. (laughs) If this is where you find yourself this morning, let me encourage you that Jesus showed up in the storms of life that when they threatened to bring peace, hope, and joy. He was there when love seems lost, peace seems lost, and the way forward seems completely unclear. This is where God appears. This is when Christ the child is born. This is where the angels show up in the middle of a dark night, in the middle of Roman oppression, crushing the people of Israel. There was no peace when you're under the thumb of Rome. By the way, hundreds of years of oppression and suffering for God's people at this point, they're saying, where is our peace? Where is God? Well, in the middle of that world turned upside down, you have a young Jewish couple who found themselves at the center of cosmic events. Well, at the same time, they're trying to navigate normal life. The reality of going and paying their dues by traveling by foot across the country to be counted by the government. And Mary having to experience childbirth for the first time away from home without midwives and other women helping her, going through that painful process by herself. I've seen one baby born like, in a hospital, and I like, tried to like, imagine like Mary doing like, like, like this. And I'm like, I, I don't know. <laughs> and then, after Jesus is born, your first-time parents, for those of you that have been first-time parents, you don't even know if where up is from down. I mean, it just, it's chaos. And here they have the fear and responsibility of not just having a son, but God's son. The son of God taken on flesh. We think it's hard to be parents. Imagine being a parent to, to the Messiah. And in all these crazy circumstances, in all these struggles, this is where God shows up. Jesus could have come anyway way he wanted. He's God. This is where he shows up. And this is where God continues to show up in our lives, in the pain, in the chaos, in our fears, in our confusion, in our grief, in our loss, in our uncertainty. And I don't know every hardship you're facing today. I'm not going to pretend to. I don't know every wince of pain you are experiencing, but God does. And he shows up to bring peace and to calm your heart. Secondly, we're going to see about God's peace through Jesus as it defies our circumstances. And you may say, Pastor, that's great. That sounds nice. You might think, but you don't know what I'm going through. You don't know my life. You don't know my pain, and and I'm sorry, and I don't. And, And I imagine how awful it is, how painful it is, how unfair it is. But let me encourage you this morning that there is a peace through Jesus that is available, that is deeper. It is deeper than a peace. It's a deeper peace that defies your circumstances. Let me say that again so I can be clear. There is a peace through Jesus that is deeper and it defies your circumstances. It finds you in any circumstance through Christ, regardless of where you are at. No, in the face of all you are feeling and all you are going through, God's peace just doesn't make sense. But it is real through Christ. And it is healing. And it can guard your heart from continuing wounds. And it can protect your mind from the onslaught of anxiety. Paul described this peace like this in Philippians 4, 4-7, which I preached on four or five months ago when we preached through Philippians. But Paul said this just as a reminder. He said, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Advent, Jesus has come. Therefore, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Let me encourage each and every one of you today, no matter what you are facing, Jesus born means you can have peace. That this process of peace begins turning to God. Bringing your hurts, bringing your questions, your doubts, your whys and your needs to Him. As Paul says, in every situation by prayer and petition, present your request to God with thanksgiving. Now I don't pretend to fully understand how all this works. But there is a power in prayer and a transformation that grows from gratitude. By the way, it's not a power where we get what we want. We're convincing God to give us what we want. But God sees us in our prayer and he listens to us. And it's more than that. The power of prayer happens is in this experience of peace where it changes our perspective. It changes our perspective and understanding that God is with us. No matter what, and an acknowledgement and acceptance that he's got this. He's powerful, he's sovereign, he's good, he can be trusted, and he is enough. Which brings me to my last point about the peace Jesus brings us, is peace is a person. Peace is a person, it's not a concept. It is a person and his name is Jesus. Paul says about this, it says, For he himself is our peace. Jesus born was the embodiment of peace. His life was the embodiment of peace. He came to bring peace between God the Father and man. And long before his arrival on earth, the prophet Isaiah said this about Jesus, calling him the Prince of Peace. By the way, when Isaiah penned these words, Israel was just beginning to start its hundreds of years of struggle. The Assyrian Empire had come in. It had conquered the northern tribes. All that's left is Judah and Jerusalem. War is everywhere. Famine. Thousands of dead. Whole world turned upside down for God's people. And Isaiah penned these words through God speaking through him about how God was going to fix the problem. Hundreds of years before Jesus was born, it says this, For to us a child is born, Now there's obviously some political sounding tones to this message which is why the Jews were looking for a political Messiah and a political freedom and independence. But more importantly than that, there are tones of Christ's completed work, his eventual establishment of his kingdom. But most importantly is the child Jesus promised, born, a son is to be given to us. And he brings a power and rule of peace into our lives. Real peace. He's the bringer of peace between God and man. The sacrificial lamb. The giver of life. He is the embodiment of shalom. Wholeness that we find through relationship with Him through faith. Jesus is the God who came to be with us and he offers this invitation to you this Advent season. When Jesus said in Matthew 11, come to me all of you who are wearied and burdened and and struggling and I will give you rest for I am gentle and humble in heart and my yoke is easy. He's talking about peace. It is an offer of peace. That's what Jesus was all about. So in the second week of Advent, let me encourage you to look to the Prince of Peace wherever you are. Look to the Prince of Peace. When the winds blow and the storms swirl, let me encourage you to look to the Prince of Peace like the shepherds and then find ourselves in the darkness of that storm. Let me remind you to come to him and worship an awe of who he is and what he has done. This morning, if you have never put your faith in Jesus, And you feel like you are living in the midst of storms and chaos. What is keeping you from coming to the Prince of Peace? Jesus offers you peace between God and man. Peace with you and your creator. Eternal peace and joy through his life, death, and resurrection. But he doesn't just offer you that peace. He offers you peace in your life as well. Peace in all circumstances. Do you want peace this morning? If you do, all you have to simply do is come to Jesus and say, Jesus, I want your peace. I trust you as a Savior. I trust your sacrifice on the cross. I'm coming to you broken and sinful, and I know you are good to redeem me and make me whole and bring me peace. And that peace is yours. For those of us that have been following Jesus for a long time, my question for you is this, is let Jesus be your peace this weekend, this week guarding your soul, filling you with peace, being your hope, bringing you a spirit of home and shalom. What is stopping you from going to him each day and finding that peace? He offers it freely to you. Go to him and let his peace wash over you as the Prince of Peace. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Jesus You are King, Messiah, you rule over all. All the armies of the heavens glorifying your birth. The thousands upon thousands upon thousands of the angels singing of you, glorifying you entering into the world, singing of how you bring peace to man. You are worthy of all that praise, Jesus. And God, I thank you that you came offering peace. God, as your enemies, as sinners, we didn't deserve peace. God, yet you send your Son to bring peace in the fullest sense of the word in every aspect of our lives through his life, death, resurrection, and ascension. We have peace in every way imaginable, and we don't deserve it. Oh, how glorious you are. How lovely you are. So God, this morning, we we think about and we reflect on the baby born in the manger, the king of kings born in the most humble of circumstances, coming not to make war, but to make peace with his people. We thank you and we praise all this in Jesus' name. Amen.